Mark Azule is an industry leader in psychotherapy and men's mental health. He's helped countless guys get back on their feet, deepen their relationships, and excel in their lives. Now he's taken all that he has learned and is sharing it with you. In each episode, Mark will interview an expert in the field of masculinity and men's work. We'll cover topics such as emotional intelligence, masculine identity, anger management, financial health, trauma recovery, marriage and divorce, ethics, and spirituality. Tune in and become a better man. Welcome back to Men's Therapy Podcast. I'm here with Jem Benson. He's a returning guest. Uh, you were back on when we were called From the Ashes, and we talked about male sexuality, male, male sexual health, and specifically about becoming multi-orgasmic. Um, so I'm really happy to have you back to kind of take a holistic view of sex and sexual health, um, especially from the male perspective, because what I appreciate with you and, and your colleague, Susan Branton, that comes on the show a fair amount too, that like we just need to talk about this stuff openly, honestly, and with just education, you know, um, having it not just based off of learning off of porn or learning from uh, locker room talk. So Jim, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Mark. Really appreciate that. And yeah, that just makes me think of uh, what a different world we'd be living in if we got some really helpful sex education when we were teenagers. Now, I don't mean like going to the class and learning about body parts and like, okay, this is really what's going on. Sex sex and relationship coaching is like if you were getting that when you were like coming into puberty and, you know, had all these questions, I felt like there was a place you could get answers, that would be great. But you know, that's not that's not our point right now. But I'm just as you spoke that I'm thinking, God, what a gap in our in our culture, a, a huge gap. Right. And it's like, I mean, we're not saying anything new here, but like our life is so sexualized. Right. I mean, sex sells. It's everywhere. And yet there's no real education about it. And it's also su- such a key part of being human. I mean, procreation is maybe like the most human thing we do. Right. Like <laughs> Just passing the genes on and, and connecting uh, to another yeah. man. So I am. um Excited because we were talking before about kind of taking a holistic view, right? So let's give our listeners kind of some of that sexual education that we're we're chatting about. Um, so let's start with physical, right? What would you say about kind of the physical aspects of sex um, before you get into kind of the more mental, emotional, or even spiritual components? Yeah, you know, I think those we just talked about the four four possible components, and physical is certainly one of them. If we kind of use that as a gra- a, gra- a ground floor, maybe a base for everything. Um, and also just to know that we're we're parsing things out right now. It's really kind of a unified whole. It's all it's a unified universe, <laughs> and we're unified beings um, within that. But for clarity's sake, or just for us to learn a little bit more, we're parsing some things out. So we're pulling out to talk about the physical right now, even though it's all interconnected. I just wanted to have that as our beginning statement here. Um, so at the physical level, I mean, there are a lot of things that we're talking about, like, are you are just physically in shape? Um, is your body experiencing a lot of stress because of work? Uh, what's your diet like? Um, what, are you, what are you doing? How, how are you inhabiting your body? How are you uh, experiencing yourself as a human doing in this world, being and doing? So there's that. Um, and then it's more sexually oriented if we, because it's, again, we're, this is our focus right now. What are you doing sexually? Are you masturbating to a lot of porn? Are you ejaculating a lot? Are you um, doing any kind of conscious sexual practice as a way of bringing more awakeness, aliveness, um, congruency inside of yourself, right? Because if, 
if you feel like, well, my only outlet or the only thing I can do to really go to sleep at night is to ejaculate. And that's what I do is kind of my, I'm, I got to release some of the stress that I've had during the day. And this is, this is my pattern is this is what I'm going to do. And it doesn't have to be that way. There are other things you can do. For instance, you could do some practices where this is what I teach, right? In my multi-orgasmic lover program, you could do practices where you're doing some breathing and you're, you're, you're learning to channel that sexual energy, which tends to come out in an, in an ejaculation and you're moving it up through your body or you're doing some shaking, what I call streaming process. You're doing bodily shaking to music where you're, um, you're dispersing some of that energy, but at the same time, you're clearing blocks in your body, in your physical body, and you're creating pathways for energy to move up your body um, so it doesn't feel like it's compelled to come out as an ejaculation. So those are just some of the ideas that I, that I have for like how, to, how can we start at this ground floor and make it the best, you know, the best base going forward that you can. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And I want to just kind of dig into some of the examples that you brought up. Um, I guess starting with what you ended with, this idea of moving sexual energy physically. I am so curious, like, what is horniness, right? <laughs> and this is, you know, something about me. I don't find horniness to be comfortable or to be exciting, right? It's something, I think a lot of guys feel this way too, like to discharge, like you said, through ejaculation, through sex, through porn use, like it is not a feeling of power or comfort, right? It's like, oh shit, let me just like get, let me deal with this, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess it's like riff on that. Like what physically, what is going on? Um, and yeah, maybe give me some examples of how to work through it differently or how to reframe sure. it. Sure, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of factors that uh, we could talk about. One is probably is just in your DNA as a male. And it's like, my job is to procreate and create more humans on this planet. It's like, this mm -hmm. is a this fundamental drive, right? There's that. We could call that horniness, right? At some level. Um, there's also the fact that you have a lot of testosterone in your system and the testosterone wants to do something like fuck or kill. <laughs> like, Basically. <yeah. laughs> we don't have, there's not a lot of subtlety there. And so the, the challenge you're experiencing is there's this welling up of fuck kill thing that comes up in you. And let's just focus on the fuck side of things. And there's the, that's the horniness part. And it's, combining with your DNA and you're like, mm, must do something with this energy. And if you, if you consider that there might be another alternative than to actually have to find something to fuck or to discharge that, if you treat it almost like, you know, the um, internal family systems work, it's treating it as a part of self. So, for instance, I just named mine the fuck monster because mm -hmm. that's all it wants to do. And it will, it's, it's scanning the, the environment constantly for fuckability. <laughs> you can say, what, what is there that I could fuck? Yeah. I imagine this is resonating yeah. with, with men who are listening to this, right? Yeah. Like something about this. It's like, right. Yeah. Okay. I got a fuck monster too. Now what? Well, bringing it up to the level of consciousness where you're treating it as a part of self, as opposed to just pushing it down being like, I don't know why I was just, uh, just like this, this kind of low level, it turns into anxiety, right? If you're not managing it. 
So managing it means you're you're breathing it, you're appreciating the feminine bodies or, or masculine, depending on your preference, but you're you're appreciating what you're seeing as a sexual creature, and you're like, hmm, that is a, that's like a beautiful sunset or a flower. Ah, and I still want to, you know, destroy it, kill, and, ah, have my way with it. There's that. Mm. Mm-hmm. So now you're managing it with your breath. You're working with mindfulness around it. You're um, you're bringing that fuck monster part, whatever you want to call it personally, to a level of consciousness where now you can actually appreciate it as a part of self and be like, yes, I embrace you. This is this is an aspect of my masculinity and society may be crushing, you know, crushing it down like, oh, man, you can't do that. Me too. Or, you know, whatever the thing is, you got to respect the woman. Yes, you can respect the woman, but you have to respect the fact that there is this aspect of yourself and it wants to come up and out. So the mindfulness, mindful awareness of this process of this part is huge. Is that like this is a first step? Is that? Yeah, that definitely answers the question. Yeah, and I think when we go into mental, I want to revisit this, right? Especially this idea of, I think a lot of guys that I speak with in therapy, they don't want to be predators, right? They don't want to, they, they try to tamp down that aggression and it often results in, you know, erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation or some kind of like, just like the wires get crossed, right? And it's just like, yeah. I don't really know what to do. Um, but to stay on physical, I had another question. I want to back up. So we talked about diet and exercise, right? Um, and again, right? Like there's so many dudes out there that are ashamed of their bodies or that are in, you know, a, a tense state. Um, and I was doing some of your program. I know you have physical, like pelvic floor exercises and things that can actually physically open up, you know, that sexual channel or chakra or however you frame it. Um, so I'm one, I'm curious about that because, you know, something that I heard from when I was doing, um, sex therapy with, with my, uh, fiance was that when a person is getting touched, they feel themselves. Right. So like if my partner's touching me and I feel a lot of tension and pain in my body, when she touches me, I'm going to feel tension and pain because she's bringing my awareness into what's already happening with me. Um, so that was a really big eye opener and kind of brought my um, view on like, okay, I do have tense spots. I do have sore spots. I do have spots where I'm clenching or I'm tight. And if I don't work on that for myself, right, I'm never going to be able to sexually perform. Or I'm never going to enjoy sex because I have a lot of just, I'm carrying a lot of physical pain. I see you nodding a lot. So yeah, take it away. Like what's your, what's your view on that, right? Kind of that just the muscle tension aspect. Right. I, I love the fact that the, the awareness is brought when somebody else is touching you. And for so many guys, they don't have that awareness in touching themselves because yeah. touching yourself means, oh, I'm going to masturbate and ejaculate. That's what it means. As opposed to in the first module of my program, it's self-massage. We're going to, yeah. we're going to explore my own body. What does turn me on? Where are my places of tension? And because um, it's so important to uh, understand your own somatics and where you're blocked. And we're going to get into this when we talk about emotional blocks too, because there's places in your body. If you, I mean, you're a, maybe you're a Wilhelm Reich fan as well, or you've, you've studied yep. the, like his whole um, model of orgasmic energy and there's you know places that's blocked it's just brilliant work right and a hundred years ago <laughs> it's amazing what what's there so we'll come to, we'll come to that but there there are physical places where we tend to hold tension and it's going to be your pelvic floor it's probably in your solar plexus you know maybe some in your belly too it's going to be in your in your heart in your heart area there's going to be blockage in your throat right there's this like common places where 
all of us are holding tension. And depending on your wounding or your makeup, your physical makeup that you came into this world with, you're going to have a more pronounced blockages in those areas, in particular areas. So what's the practice? Like, Who's going to help you heal that? You can do some yourself. But like you said, Mark, there's just um, when somebody else is touching you, that's why if you can get some kind of healing touch work on your physical body. I know for me, um, when I started uh, doing a lot of personal growth, I noticed that I had a lot of tension in my solar plexus. And I went to an energy healer, someone who had been trained in a, in a school of healing. And she did work on my solar plexus. And she's like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of your mom in your solar plexus. And I was like, you think? <laughs> Is that what's going on in there? <laughs> and so it probably took six months of you know regular meetings and sessions where she's like doing all that stuff to clear mom out of my solar plexus because I was still like you could say corded to her, some kind of umbilical to mom. And uh, I'm, I'm building my life according to what I thought was right based on mom's perspective. So the clearing that out and every time she did it, I would just cry and cry because I was so, there was so much emotion tied up in that. So, but the, at the end result, I'm like, oh, wow, now I have more free flowing energy that I can move through my body. That doesn't feel like it's hitting a major rock or whatever, a beaver dam, <laughs> you know, locking up this stream. And now I, now I have more free flow of energy. So that was huge for me to start doing that kind of work. Yeah, I think it's really important what you're talking about. And, you know, for the guys out there, relatable. Um, I know Liga has had this experience of going to the gym or working out hard and then crying right? Or feeling like fear or feeling nervous or something where it's like, whoa, like, why am I feeling this emotion? Like, where's this emotion coming up? And just like you're saying, Jim, right? This stuff lives in our bodies, especially on the edges of a range of motion. You know, um, I, I remember for me, when I was getting into lifting, my squat depth was not, was horrible, right? My hips were very, very tight. And when I would start to low squat, I would hit terror. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, part of that is the body saying, Hey, don't go lower because you might get injured. Right. But part of that is also just a lifetime of just bound up intention and, you know, squatting and having your hips be free are very important when you're having sex. So if I'm doing a certain sexual position and I'm pushing that range of motion, that fear came up too. Right. So for you guys out there doing stuff like Jim saying energy healing or acupuncture or massage or working out or yoga, anything that just starts to kind of move that range of motion and gets you comfortable to being on those edges is going to help in the bedroom. I think substantially, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And um, what are, where, what is your edge? Because if, if you're, if you're into lifting and you're going to the gym, there might be an edge for you to just to go to a yoga class. If you're doing, if you're doing yoga and other things, Oh, maybe there's a, there's things you could do that might even be edgier than that. So for me, it was starting to do contact improvisation. And I would do it on my own, but the, the big inflatable balls, you know, these physio balls and there's workouts you can do with those, but I was draping myself over them. I'm, I'm sitting on one right now because you notice it's my desk chair, but yep. you can drape over it. You're arching your back. You're, you're rolling side to side. It's like a, it's a full body opening experience. And so that's where you start to find um, your edges. So there's so much that you're doing, let's say in the lifting where it's all very vertical and you know, you, you notice your hips because they're flexing that way. And then yoga, you're going to start doing postures and you're holding those and you're finding your edge. Right. But now you're doing this other thing, which is like, a, you know, full 360 proprioceptive in, you know, in motion, 
you're like, oh, oh, there it is, like arching back. Uh, I really don't want to let my head go. And I'm like, yeah, right. How do I not let my head go? <laughs> so it becomes an inquiry, right, to watching what your edge is when you're when you're moving around in space like that. So that's just something I. This was at the very beginning of my journey here, and um, I still do it because it's so revealing to me about where my edge is. Yeah, I, I love that suggestion. You know, when I think of like the best lovemaking experiences that, that I've had, they've been very fluid experiences, right? Like, just like you're talking about very flowy experiences, uh, like a flow state, right? It hasn't been kind of the vertical jackhammer, you know, rigid, you know, doing a bunch of reps experiences, right? Um, Come it's on, much Mark, didn't, didn't you learn alive. about how to have sex with porn? I mean, that's what they do in porn, right? Go on. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just like hammer, hammer time, right? And then it's over, um, but it's yeah. not very improvisational, like you say. Yeah. So I'm loving this conversation. We're going to move to our first commercial break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about the mental and emotional side, um, about you know some barriers that people might have. And also, I like, like the way you're providing some suggestions about how to work through and be aware of those barriers. Um, so you guys are getting a lot of value to this. Hang on in there, and we'll see you on the other side. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Men's Therapy Online is now accepting new members. Men's Therapy Online offers a solution to the lack of outlets for emotional expression, positive role models, and access to meaningful milestone experiences. In our post-COVID world, loneliness is at an all-time high. Men need consistent community. Our society is rapidly changing. Old models of masculinity are falling at the task of promoting emotional intelligence and meaningful connection. Men's Therapy Online offers tools and experiences designed to help the man who is struggling to balance traditional male roles and emotional fluidity. Whether you need to get back on your feet or take your life to the next level, Men's Therapy Online has your back. We help our members become a true 21st century man. A man who is not burdened by the rapid change of society, but who contributes to it honorably. If you're interested in signing up and finding your band of brothers, go to menstherapy.online to learn more. That's menstherapy.online. Start your journey today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to the Men's Therapy Podcast with Mark Azalay. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to podcast at menstherapy.online or visit www.menstherapypodcast.com. Now, back to the Men's Therapy Podcast. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Jim Benson, and we're talking about a holistic view of sexual health, um, specifically as it relates to men, and looking at the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual side. So in this segment, we're going to dig into the mental and emotional. Um, and I want to start, Jim, how do you make that distinction? And I know they're connected, but I'm curious, like, where do you draw the line between mental and emotional? I'm, um, again, yeah, they are really connected. Um, for me, I think uh, sometimes one will trigger a reaction in the other. So for instance, 
if you're, let's say you're undressing with a partner um, and you're having some kind of performance anxiety moment, we're calling it performance anxiety. I prefer to drop that whole performance word out of that. So it's just sexual anxiety and uh, your clothes are coming off. You're like, oh, I'm having some body shame or whatever. So you're, that's a mental, that's usually a thought that comes in like, oh shit, what if she sees my you know, small penis or what if, uh, what if I won't be able to get hard with her? Like, so there's a, there's a mental process, right? And then that triggers some kind of emotional response, mm-hmm. uh, some kind of shame perhaps, or uh, feeling of not good enough or feeling of um, competition with some imaginary other male or whatever. So there's some, something gets happened emotionally for you around that fear, some kind of fear or shame. But it's also the opposite. You can also have a, a wave of shame. You don't even know what that is. Or something comes in, you're like, whoa, that's, a, that's an intense feeling. And then your mind kind of scrambles to try to locate it in space. Or when did I have this before? It, it just can create some mental turmoil. I would say most often, though, it seems like it's a, a thought that ends up creating an emotional state. But I, I don't know if that's, what do you think about that? Mark. Yeah. I mean, I think we're saying the same thing. I, I think of mental as kind of top down and emotional as bottom up. Right. So, and I think mental is a good place where we can start because it's not just the individual from my view, it's also societal and cultural. And there's all this kind of like, you know, from psychoanalysis, like it's all super ego, right? Um, it's all those like things that we bring into the room, all the learning that we've had, all of our past experiences, like all the brain stuff, right? We're emotional, like you said, it can sometimes come out of nowhere. And for me, that's more like it. It's more kind of like amorphous, hard to contact. You don't know what's going to hit you till it hits you. And then, yeah, it can have mental, you know, side effects, right? But it starts uh, from the body, I think. Um, so yes, yeah, start, starting with mental you talked about performance and that brought up what I hear um, with a lot of my guys. And I want to say this on the, on the air, cause I think it's helpful to normalize it that a lot of men see sex as performance. Right. And I think a lot of men see sex as a performance that they're failing, you know, that they're not making their, their partner come or they're not having sex as much as they want, or they're not in the physical shape or they're not that porn star. Right. Like it's something where I think carries a lot of shame um, for, I think most Westerners, at least I don't know too much about other cultures. I, assume some do it better than us. Um, but I'm curious about, about that, about that kind of like mental thing of like, okay, it's time to take my test, right? Like, can I pleasure her enough? Can I last long enough? Am I going to get hard? Like it's all this stuff that comes in, uh, you know, once the lights go down and the clothes come off. Yeah. That's sick. You're really painting a, a, a frightening and accurate picture <laughs> it sucks of what yeah. it's like there. Um, and I say frightening because, you know, I experience those same things as well. It's like it, there's a certain terror that's happening when uh, it, it's almost like your your childhood or your teenage trauma gets resurfaced. And you're like, wow, it comes up. So that's kind of leaning into the emotional part. But I think when I, when I talk to so many of the guys I talk to are operating from a place of their head is the one that's in charge. The, uh, the, the, not their cock head. <laughs> the other head. <laughs> it really should be the other way around in some ways. Yeah. Well, actually, we can talk about that. But, <laughs> um, so they're, they're working on like, strategizing. What can I do to last longer? Okay, I'm going to you know, first get really good at going down on her. And then I'm going to use the two condoms. I'm going to use that spray that I found in the back of that catalog. And then I'm going to... You know, um, so I'm going to think about 
my tax returns and that's going to keep me it's like it's all this mental activity to try to manage the body in, right. the, in other words the the head is the rider and the body is the the horse or the donkey or the, <laughs> whatever that is right and i'm going to i'm going to manage and and maintain this donkey by using a stick or a carrot or something because we're not together <laughs> we're not a unified creature so uh I have to do this in order to succeed and to, you know, make sure that she'll stay with me or you know, that they'll stay with me and that um, I'll secure the love that I always wanted. Like it probably keeps going on like that at some level inside of us. So what's the solution? Well, to how do you move from this very strong head orientation to more of a body orientation? And one of the first ways to do that is with, sensual and somatic experiencing. So I'm going to come into my body more and that's going to have me become more of a sensual creature instead of a brain creature or a mental creature. And how do I do that? Well, I'm going to come into being, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on touch. For instance, I'm going to focus on let's, let's say less on the visual aspect or the mental aspect and more on the somatic aspect, which would mean I'm going to focus on, my fingertips or my forearms as they're touching their body, the, my partner's body. And I'm going to see what that sensation feels like to me, not because I'm trying to give them pleasure because then that just ends up being another strategy. I'm going to feel the contact of the hair on the backs of my hands as it goes over their belly or whatever that is. And I'm going to do it slow enough that I'm aware of that contact. And for some guys, they'll be like, well, that's boring. Just get me to the ejaculation bar. <laughs> and well, how about getting more comfortable with what you're calling boring? It's actually an attunement process. It's becoming more present with your partner. These things are valuable. And it's like you spoke, Mark, the, um, the improvisational nature of sex. That was your best sex as it has been for me as well, when I can drop my whole strategic thinking of what needs to happen next and what am I worried about and what if she doesn't come? It's like, and I'm going to be with this person. And that's when your partner feels like, oh, there's somebody here with me. <laughs> it's not a, a brain that's trying to figure me out because that feels a little weird. It's more like, here's a person that's actually with me and we're going to discover together what we have. I think it's really well said. And I think it's what you and your programs do differently because a lot of the sex education is all technique and it's all just like, you know, how do you read your woman or, you know, being heteronormative, but how do you read your partner and how do you like execute the program, right? How do you land the plane? Not how do you actually connect? Yeah. And, and that's good to have because if you, just think if you had none of that and you'd be like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, this is my clitoris. <laughs> you need to lick my clitoris. And you're like, oh, okay. I don't even know. How do I do that? So having some experience or, I mean, you can even watch porn for educational purposes. Well, okay. Very little porn is good for educational purposes, but it's out there. I mean, if you really want to see, and it's not about the jackhammering or the like, you know, attacking the clit with, you know, 10,000 repetitions per minute with your tongue. It's like, okay, there's a way to know the material and then integrate that material, but then you kind of forget the material and you're just being with your partner. So there's a, a forgetting that's very powerful, a letting go of the technique, super powerful. 
Yeah. That's just being, like you said. Um, and we talked about this earlier. This could be a whole nother topic, but about kind of the fear of being a predator, right. Or the fear of having sexual aggression, um, you know, sexually assaulting somebody. Um, it is of course a really, you know, tense issue. Um, but I'm curious your, your thoughts on that of how guys can work with that. Cause I think there's a huge mental thing that comes into the room, especially in the modern era. Right. So, um, Safety and consent, number one. Like, mm-hmm. let's just start there, right? Okay. So, and so consent is absolutely number one. Safety is what comes when you have consent and you can say, all right, within this container, um, I feel safe enough with this person. It's not just, I just didn't meet them. <laughs> that happens very rarely. But now I feel safe. I feel like, oh, we're, we're, we're available to support each other. We can be together in this process. And then once safety is created, then to some degree, you can start taking risks. So you can allow that more aggressive fuck monster to come out. And it might turn out your partner, in many cases, your partner's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for ravishing me. Thank you for pinning me down. Thank you for doing things with intensity, which to me feels like passion, which me, me, I'm not the recipient. Me, the recipient feels passion. I feel desired. I feel turned on by that. Yay. So let's have some of that kind of intense, aggressive energy, but only after it's been established that we are in a safe space here. You know, you might even have safe words that you would use like, okay, if I say red, we really stop. If I say, no, no, don't do that, I don't stop. <laughs> Please keep going. <laughs> that's what it's, that's half the fun is, is going past the boundary, even though, you know, if you've set it up to say, okay, uh, this is our safe word, but until that safe word is said, I can do anything, you know, within this realm of possibilities. Yeah, I think the communication is key, like you're saying, right? And having those those ground rules, especially as people explore different kinks or different toys or whatever, and they start kind of pushing those edges. Um, and yeah, I guess what, what, what I want to say to to people out there, and you know, you're using heteronormative language again, but I think that the masculine role, whether that person, whatever their gender they're born with or they choose, the masculine role is initiative, right? Like it's initiating, it's leading, it is the one that's penetrating, right? There's like this kind of primal sexual energy that can be embodied. Um, that is that boundary pusher, right? More of the the giver and the provider, um, whereas I'd say the feminist more that you know um, receiving, um, taking role. Yeah, totally. And each person has a masculine and a feminine, right? And for some of us, it's very strongly masculine. You know, like and that's the person who is um, way over on that end of the scale. Um, and for them, yay, let that really have its space, and also learn to develop the feminine side. So in the same way that someone who's way on the feminine side, say naturally in the feminine bodied or feminine oriented person, that's very receptive. Well, they're going to need to cultivate the ability to set boundaries and and have a good, strong masculine as well. And then there are people more in the middle who we could say are switches or more androgynous or whatever that is. And then um, those people will often find someone who's similarly androgynous in that in that realm, right? So that they can be met in that middle place. But within that, it's great to be able, still be able to activate masculine and feminine. You're still going to find those roles being really important to create sexual polarity in the bedroom. Exactly. Which is, that's creates the arousal, right? And the attraction. Um, so you feel right to transition to a, emotional or are there more mental things sure, you want to? Yeah, let's dive in. Yeah. Yeah. So say more about, about emotional. Um, well, we've kind of, we've been touching on it since we've been talking. 
so mm-hmm. far today. Um, just to talk about the diff- the blocks in the different um, areas of the body, it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, and for you to know your strong and weak emotional areas. So you may be able to say, you know, I'm really strong in my my heart. I feel unguarded, unprotected, or, you know, um, judiciously protected, but I don't feel like I have tons of blocks in my heart. However, in my 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 pelvis, I feel like I am locked up and I, I do have restrictions there. Or the other way around, I am like free to have sex. And I'd like to have plenty of sex, but I'm doing it from a very blocked and protected place in my heart. Um, or maybe it's my throat. I'm actually finding it difficult to speak my needs or I have mom in my belly or whatever the thing is. So being able to know your strong and your weak areas are is very important. But, you know, in, in the strengths coaching work or the talking about strengths, let's focus on our strengths. I think that's great. And in the emotional realm, I think it's really good to focus on your weak areas. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, because... Uh, if they're ne- if they just continue to be neglected, then you're going to be limited severely sometimes in how much you can express and enjoy express yourself and enjoy your sexual experience. Yeah, you know when I talk with some of my guys, they and the partners say the same thing is that in sex they have more emotional capacity, right? They're like stilted a lot in their relationship outside of the bedroom, but sometimes when they're in the bedroom, that's where it comes alive. Right. Um, so I'm curious if you have any ideas about that or any tips about how to bring what might be actually a healthy sex life or at least a passionate sex life out of the bedroom and into their relationship as a whole. Hmm. You mean from an emotional perspective, say a little more? Yeah. So, so like I think guys or some of the guys I've talked to are like more open, more connected when they're in having the, sex and the they bedroom. feel in the bedroom and they feel love when they're having sex. Yeah. Right. But they don't, it's hard for them to access that when they're just like in a relationship or, you know, they're, being a dad or whatever, right? Um, in the kind of like default world for lack of a better term. Yeah, totally. I mean, I know for myself, I've been, um, the particular deep psychological work that I'm doing right now, that I have been for the past year, mm-hmm. uh, I'm uncovering some very intense core beliefs, which are difficult to look at. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's very empowering to see the origins of some of this material. So, mm-hmm. For instance, I've conflated sex and love in in my psyche, and I think it's very true with so many men because very common. Yeah, think of how that starts. I mean, you could probably talk more about that. Um, but what what is that um, way that they've merged together, and what is it like to start to separate those two? And if you start doing that, you you could look at it and say, "Wow, is that really love?" Because it doesn't have the sexual component that I'm so used to having it a company. So um, that particular way of threading it out is is really important. And honestly, I think women in general, I'm going to make a generalization here, are way better at this than men. And they just seem to have that ability to um, experience intimacy without having it be sexual. And for us to be able to, cult- us men, to be able to cultivate that, I think it's a very valuable experience and probably one of the most challenging ones uh, because of that strong uh, merging of those two when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true for a lot of guys, right? Where it's difficult for us to feel either end, right? Love without sex or sex without love. Um, so as we move into our commercial break, I, I'm curious, 
any, I don't know, strategies or, or ways to work with negative emotions that arise in the bedroom, shame, fear, grief, sadness, you know, the stuff that kind of comes out of nowhere. It's um, it can be a shock when it comes up, like, yeah. oh, oh, it can take you by surprise. Um, the, the keys for me, I would say would be mindfulness. So first of all, noticing it and, and being able to tolerate it because it's, it can be intense. And then uh, if you really can speak it, like find a way to communicate it in the most non-defensive way and certainly not blaming way that you can with a partner. So you'd be like, whoa, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just feeling something. For me, I just have to say, I'm feeling something. I don't know what it is. Give me a minute. <laughs> so basically, I stall for time until I can track the thing inside of me and be like, oh, okay. Oh, 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 that's, that's shame that I'm feeling. So you you know, that, that would be, that's what I do personally. So yeah. Pause, name it. Um, don't like try to suppress it. Right. Don't try to dig into the hole, but, but connect with it. Um, yeah. Love to talk about here, but we got to move to our next break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the spiritual side, um, and how to tie them all together. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the other side. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Men's Therapy Online is now accepting new members. Men's Therapy Online offers a solution to the lack of outlets for emotional expression, positive role models, and access to meaningful milestone experiences. In our post-COVID world, loneliness is at an all-time high. Men need consistent community. Our society is rapidly changing. Old models of masculinity are falling at the task of promoting emotional intelligence and meaningful connection. Men's Therapy Online offers tools and experiences designed to help the man who is struggling to balance traditional male roles and emotional fluidity. Whether you need to get back on your feet or take your life to the next level, Men's Therapy Online has your back. We help our members become a true 21st century man. A man who is not burdened by the rapid change of society, but who contributes to it honorably. If you're interested in signing up and finding your band of brothers, go to menstherapy.online to learn more. That's menstherapy.online. Start your journey today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to the Men's Therapy Podcast with Mark Azalay. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to podcast at menstherapy.online or visit www.menstherapypodcast.com. Now, back to the Men's Therapy Podcast. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Jim Benson, and we're talking about sexuality. Uh, so this is a topic that is always hard to put into words, but it's spirituality, right? And the spiritual aspect of sex and connection. And for me, it goes back to ancient practices of Tantra. Uh, I think new of like, you know, kind of like um, urban Tantra or modern Tantra or even kink, right? Like this stuff is resurfacing now um, as these spiritual practices are getting reignited. And I think uh, Western audiences are getting more interested in them. But to start off, to start off, how we did the last segment, what's your idea about spirituality? How would you define that? And where does it exist in the sexual space? Um, you know, I, um, when I was, I think in my 
30s, maybe 31 or so, uh, the sexual partner I had at the moment gave me uh, Margot Anand's The Art of Sexual Ecstasy. And I remember reading that book and being like, what? <laughs> because it, it just talked about realms that I had no idea of. Right? And so I you know, read the book multiple times, and then I would practice some of the stuff with partners. And then at some point I got so into it, I hired tantricas or people who were trained in this to come work with me one-on-one. So we, you know, they'd be lying side by side and doing fire breath orgasms or, and uh, I still, uh, I still didn't totally get it. I thought this is like, it just seems so far out there for me in many ways. And then I took um, actual tantric workshops with Sky Dancing Tantra with Margot and uh, went, Oh, okay. I'm starting to get a sense of this now. If you have a, you have the right partner in the right environment, it's almost everything has to align in, in a certain way. And then something can start to happen. That's magic. You could say, I'm feeling a sense of unity or non-separation, or I'm feeling um, like there's something that's blessing us. That's bigger than just the two of us, or like there's, there's moments where that would start to happen. And and I started to realize, oh, I'm, I'm getting it. <laughs> I think I'm getting all this stuff. It just took years, right? And eventually, um, after a teacher training with Margot, then we started to teach together. So she's my root Tantra teacher, mm-hmm. um, which is so um, amazing to think about that. I found that book, and then here I am teaching in Europe with Margot. <laughs> cool. That's very cool. But, um, and, you know, Margot just celebrated her 80th birthday, and you know, I was in the south of France with her, with 50 other people. We're all celebrating her, and Margot and I are doing the Wave of Bliss together with the whole room. Wave of Bliss, she's sitting on my lap, and we're breathing, you know, energy up with each other. And it's, it's like we're in a temple of, um, I would, to call it a sex temple makes it sound um, so not what it was. <laughs> but it's it's just this, uh, an environment where... Um, intimacy and sexual energy can be expressed um, in the in the fullest range mm-hmm. possible. So, you know, with that experience, I would say there's 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 moments where that's touching on what we could call spirituality. Everybody's going to have a different definition definition of what that means. Um, but for for me, I've I've actually experienced different kinds of what we could call spiritual experience where I'm left after sex with my heart kind of cracked open, my body kind of shaking or trembling from the experience, uh, a sense of very deep connection and oneness with my partner. Like we are, we're, we're not separate beings in a way we're masculine or feminine flavors of reality <laughs> that have chosen. I don't know if this sounds too woo-woo, but, but like we're the, there's a masculine and feminine sides of um, the, the universe or the world that have chosen to embody and love each other in this moment. So to me, I would say that's, that's a spiritual, a very deep spiritual experience. Um, I'm, I'm feeling like the, to try I mean, if, if you're going after spiritual experiences, it's kind of like going after any, you know, going after the wind. <laughs> it's, it's almost like you have to plant the, 
the seeds and the the uh, the do the good work and then see what grows from there um because i think the so many of my endeavors personally and and, and many people i've talked with this kind of like i'm gonna attack awakening or enlightenment or spirituality with the same way i built my business or i you know lost 50 pounds or whatever it is it's just a different creature and needs to be um needs to be addressed that way yeah and that's, that's really well said i mean first off that's awesome that you work with margot in that way I, i've also read that book i haven't gone nearly as deep as, as you have um but that's that's cool that you got to really like be there with her um and for the listeners out there, I'd highly recommend it. And what blew me away about that book is that it, it's, it's a workbook and it works kind of like sequentially. And you're not having sex until like the last 40 pages, <laughs> right? Like it's, it's a book on sexuality, but most of it is kind of stuff that Jim, you're talking about. It's like breathing, eye gazing, set and setting, like just laying next to your partner, right? Like staring at their genitals, which is like something that was really weird for me to do. Like, it's just like, like, it's just like, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. Like, don't have sex yet. And then, you know, the, the last, whatever, back third or whatever, you get all the positions and you get like what I kind of thought like the Karma Sutra was or whatever when I was a teenager. Um, but a lot of it is just all this kind of presence training, which I, I think is really cool. And, and spirituality, kind of my working definition right now, um, I think is similar, which is like, if you can strip away all the stuff we talked about in this episode, right? The physical barriers, the mental barriers, the emotional barriers, and you get to just presence, right? What you get to, it's not just normal life. Like there's more there, right? So like you kind of get to zero and then you just keep going, you know, like there's more to reality that I think all of our mental blocks are pushing away all the time. You know, there's a lot more going on, but we, we get in our own way of perceiving what is, what is there. Um, so just kind of as like an encouragement for the people listening of like doing this work doesn't just get rid of your pain. It also opens up new doors um, to different different kind of realms or different experiences or whatever may be there. You yeah. Know? It's kind of there all the time, you know? Thank you. Yeah, that's so good that you just presence that in this conversation. So it's not just like heal your blocks and, and you know, work on your your performance anxiety it's like oh no there's a whole there's a reason you do that <laughs> and that's to come into this place of more um presence inside of yourself and and as you said that i realized another principle like we could talk about some of the principles of of um really great sex mm -hmm. maybe. um but one of them that you reminded me of is a listening to your intuition so uh, if there's no other practice that you're doing, then attuning to your intuitive sense, your gut sense of what to do next, and that you listen to it and you act on it, like that's huge. And if you can do all that in the bedroom, again, that's the reason why we try to reduce anxiety or to create less stress in your body. Like All that is designed so that you can now listen more clearly to what the next thing to do is. And when you're doing that, you're in the flow of life, like you said, the flow state. And now all of a sudden sex becomes this beautiful dance instead of some kind of hurdle you got to jump over which is you know more of a struggle than actually feeling like a joyful experience absolutely yeah so you have follow your intuition what other principles do you have as you kind of start to tie all these together and wrap up these different dimensions well we talked about uh safety and consent right that's kind mm -hmm. of the ground level right mm -hmm. um and then there's a sense of, you could say, connection, whatever that connecting experience is. And for some people, it's just as simple as breathing together, eye gazing, some of the tantric principles that are in Margot's book. We're gonna, I, wanna, I need to feel 
connected to you before we go further or deeper. And when you skip over that deeper connection part, then it becomes more like you can get into the physical more. I've experienced this you know, more recently, like, oh, I want to go back to that, like that really exciting, you know, the thrilling, edgy, you know, sex stuff. And I'm like, oh, wait, I just jumped over the whole connecting more deeply part, like really feel connected in the heart or to go to a place where there's really, um, you're deeply feeling the love for this person at whatever level you're able to feel for them. So now you're in that sense of connection. You're in that. And then now when you're in a connection, now you can take the risks like we talked about a little bit. Now, Now I can push the edge a little bit. Let's see what happens if I, and that's when you're listening to your intuition because if you're really listening to your intuition, it's going to tell you things that your mind will say, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't suddenly, you know, start choking my partner or, or slap their ass or whatever the thing is that, you know, and your intuition is like, mm-hmm, yeah, you can, you can do that right now. And mm-hmm. you, this is where you have to be willing to experiment and fail. And, you know, what do they say? What's the cycle to repair there's the rupture and repair, you know, you got the rupture thing and now you're like, Oh, let's clean that up. So that's why that, but listening to your intuition is not going to be safe all the time. And if you think that's true, you've got another thing coming. (laughs) So there's that. And then there's, um, I would say the other principles are mindfulness. So tracking what's happening for you, really listening and attuning. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and as you mentioned, presence, presence is just huge. And how do you get present? Well, it's mindfulness. It's coming into the sensuality. And it's just being, being good inside of yourself, tracking your own experience, and then sharing that with a partner. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to make a plug for, you know, working with you or working with a therapist or doing some of that deep work. Because for a lot of guys, I think this stuff's really hard. Like we are very externally focused, right? We're all about output. We're all about performance. We're all about, you know, kind of the competition of life and connection, even just eye gazing. I remember when I was first starting this stuff, I felt terror, like literally capital T terror of, I felt exposed. I felt like I wasn't ready for that level of connection, right? I was like, oh, I'm used to hiding or I'm used to like putting up a mask or I'm used to like, I don't know, just kind of blundering through stuff. Right. And like, just to be like seen in that level, even though there is a beauty part to it and that part will come in the beginning, it can be really scary, mm. you know, but so we just to normalize that. Right. But like, it doesn't get better. Oh. You know, <laughs> you get more comfortable with the, the discomfort. That's true. Yeah. Right. So if you're trying to do this stuff and you're like, Oh my God, this is really hard. It's like, yeah, cause we haven't, we're not trained kind of to, to do that. Um, so a good place to start is working with someone like Jim. So Jim, as, as we're wrapping up, um, how can people find you online and learn more about what you do and what you offer? My website is awakenedmasculine.com. So awakenedmasculine. And um, I've been coaching guys for about 15 years now uh, and running men's groups for 30 years. So um, it's been a it's been a process to start to do more work around sexuality. And especially since I've been doing all the Tantra work um, these last 15 years or 20 years, um, it's been a, a real gift to work with guys and occasionally they're partners. So I'll work with guys for a few sessions and then uh, they'll say, you know, is it possible that my wife <laughs> come and sit in on this? 
And I say, sure, maybe I should talk to her first. <laughs> so sometimes it's helpful to, you know, if a guy has a partner for me to work with the couple, um, because I, it reveals a lot. And I'm, I'm pretty good at translating between the, the sexes. So uh, I can help a guy understand what this, what his female partner is needing. So um, I do, right now I'm doing sessions, one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions with men. And I also have my program, Multi-Orgasmic Lover, that's available on the website. So you can find me at awakenedmasculine.com. That's great. Yeah, I'd highly recommend it. Check it out. I think it's an important part of men's mental health and men's physical health and spiritual health and, men and mental health. I mean, everything we're talking about, emotional health, um, it's a huge part. I think it's such a pillar for a lot of guys. Um, and something to kind of leave with, right? I've learned that if you think you're good at sex, you're probably not. And you can learn, there's always more to learn, right? Like I think a lot of guys can be overconfident and not know like how far it can go, like in these spiritual aspects or in this connective yeah. aspect or in this emotional aspect. So even if you think you got it figured out, right? Take a look at Jim's stuff because there are other dimensions there that you just might not be aware of. Um, so Jim, thanks so much for being on the show. Um, Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week on another episode of Men's Therapy Podcast. Thank you for joining your host, Mark Agile, on the Men's Therapy Podcast. Be sure to tune in again live next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and anywhere podcasts are found. To support the show, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. For more information or to apply to be a guest, visit www.menstherapypodcast.com.